welcome to Standing in the Gap. I'm your host preacher, Brandon Harrell. Standing in the Gap is a weekly audio Bible study dedicated to the verse-by-verse exposition of the KJV Scriptures. It is my prayer that through these studies, the lost will be saved, the believer edified, and most of all, that the Lord Jesus Christ will be magnified and honored through the proclamation of His Word. For correspondence information, please stay tuned until the end of the broadcast. May the Lord bless you as you listen to this week's Standing in the Gap. All right, this is Preacher Brandon coming to you with another Standing in the Gap here in the Gospel of Matthew. We're in chapter 2 now. We're considering the visit of the wise men. We've been looking, first of all, at the arrival of these wise men and just pointing out a few things about their arrival. We saw in verse 1 the identities of these wise men. Uh, The scripture says, Now when Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea in the days of Herod the king, behold, there came wise men from the east to Jerusalem. And we looked at their identities. Then we looked at their intent. It says in verse 2, saying, Where is he that is born king of the Jews? For we have seen his star in the east and are come to worship him. We dealt with this intent. And the scriptures are very plain here that they came to worship him. We mentioned the resolve that they exhibited in this, that they would come from so far away uh, that they would uh, seek to worship him. And uh, then we looked at the revelation they experienced. We mentioned the star, of course, his star, not uh, just a regular star, not some comet that can be uh, seen on an interval throughout history, but this was his star. I believe it was a supernatural illumination uh, that God gave just to direct these men to come and find the king. We mentioned the influence of the scriptures upon this intent. No doubt they had been confronted with the scripture. Uh, Likely that they came from Chaldea or some area similar to that. Uh, The scriptures had gone there in the days of Ezra. And so they were prompted by the star and they were prompted by the scriptures to come and worship the king. Uh, Now as we look a little farther into this arrival of the wise men, not only do we see their identities and not only do we see their intent, Uh, But there's also here the interrogations, uh, some interrogations that take place because of the arrival of these wise men. There are two in the text. First of all, we see uh, in verse 3 the interrogation that they excited. Uh, Look at verse 3. It says, When Herod the king had heard these things, he was troubled and all Jerusalem with him. Upon hearing the news of a king having been born, And uh, believing it to be so, considering that these wise men had traveled so far, Herod was troubled. The word here means to be agitated. It denotes dismay or anxiety. Uh, Thayer's offers this definition. He says, quote, to strike one's spirit with fear and dread, end quote. Uh, Here is a king that has proven to what lengths he will go to maintain power once again feeling threatened. When men in this position and with this demeanor uh, feel threatened, they become very dangerous. We read that all Jerusalem, in verse 3, was troubled with him. 
they knew the havoc he could wreak and the pain that he could inflict upon them. As I pondered this and thought about this verse, Proverbs twenty-eight fifteen came to mind. It says, as a roaring lion and a ranging bear, so is a wicked ruler over the poor people. Along those same lines, Proverbs 29, 2 reads, when the righteous are in authority, the people rejoice, but when the wicked beareth rule, the people mourn. From Herod, we can learn the lesson of these Proverbs and Proverbs sixteen thirty two, which says, He that is slow to anger is better than the mighty, and he that ruleth his spirit than he that taketh a city. Self-control, or what the Bible calls temperance, is a fruit of the spirit. Only God can help us tame our spirits. But it must be done. Herod had an untamed spirit. He was anxious. He was agitated. He was jealous over his authority. And because of that, he was a tyrant. You really could look at the life of Herod and see the anatomy of a tyrant in his life. He was murderous, he was jealous, he was he was filled with malice and envy and wrath and strife, and he was a terror to the people over whom he ruled. And so here was Herod, discovering this news, agitated, motivated by fear, uh, going to act now and going to uh, ex going to engage in some interrogations. Now, in verse number four, it says, And when he had gathered all the chief priests and scribes of the people together, he demanded of them where Christ should be born. Uh, there was an official convention called that the king may get his answer. Now, verse four says he demanded of them. The word there used uh, use means to judicially examine. It seems that he put them in a position not much different than what we would refer to as under oath. He swore them, to, or he uh, put them under oath. He caused them to swear that they would tell him the truth. It appears uh, here in the imperfect tense, suggesting that he repeatedly made this demand. And no doubt there was great pressure upon the chief priests and scribes to answer uh, the sad thing is, because he had to ask repeatedly, they apparently could not answer readily. How sad it is when those who claim to be ministers of the word know so little of its contents. And don't we see this on display all around us, not only among ministers, but among the people to whom they minister. There seems to be a famine of the word of God. There's preaching, uh, so-called. There, uh, there is shallow uh, giving of thoughts had by a man, but there's very little exposition and understanding of the scripture in these days and all oh, how we need to get back to the word. Uh, Paul's uh, instruction to Timothy was to preach the word in season and out of season. And he was to declare what God has said. And that is our job. But here the scribes and the chief priests, they could not tell him readily where Christ was to be born. They had not studied, they had not seen the scriptures, uh, which unfolded that uh, situation. And Herod wanted to know where Christ should be born. This had been the question of the wise men. Where is he that is born king of the Jews? And now Herod, so insecure and feeling threatened, must know also. It's interesting that these two entities were looking for the same individual, but they had different intent. The wise men sought him for to worship him, 
Herod sought him for to take his life, to kill him, to eliminate the threat. And just because someone says they're looking for the Lord or looking for Jesus or seeking for Jesus doesn't mean they have the right intent, the right motive. But Herod wanted to know where he was. After a very intense season, the answer finally came. It was there all along in Micah's prophecy, chapter 5 and verse 2. What a great prophecy it is. In Micah's account, in Micah's prophecy, he says it like this, But thou, Bethlehem Ephrathah, though thou be little among the thousands of Judah, yet out of thee shall he come forth unto me that is to be ruler in Israel, whose goings forth have been from of old, from everlasting. What a tremendous prophecy here concerning the Lord Jesus giving us the address at which he would be born, right there in Bethlehem, Ephrata. He would be born a ruler, telling us of his destiny to come and to be a Lord over his people. And it says, whose goings forth have been from of old, from everlasting, and telling us that this Lord Jesus did not begin to be, did not begin to exist at Bethlehem. For he had always been. He was from everlasting. What an amazing statement about the eternality and the uh, uh, the deity of the Lord Jesus, the deity of Christ. Uh, here in our verse in chapter 2, verse 6 of Matthew, it says, he quotes it differently. It says, And thou, Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, are not the least among the princes of Judah. For out of thee shall come a governor that shall rule my people." Here the prophecy is quoted without the last phrase. It does, however, include the word governor. The word is uh, one that means literally to lead the way. In Micah, the word ruler that is used has the same connotation. It simply denotes dominion, but it appears to emphasize the notion of recognition. In other words, Jesus would not be accepted as ruler and governor by everyone unanimously. Many would reject his divine right as ruler. Now, get me when I say this. He is Lord today of the living and the dead. He is Lord. No one will make him Lord. He's already Lord. He already has a throne. He's already in sovereign rule over this universe. Whether men accept it or not, but many will reject that to a point. But the scripture tells us that God hath highly exalted him and given him a name that is above every name, that at the name of Christ every knee should bow and every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God. Hear me today. There will come a time in your existence, no matter where you are today, no matter how you feel about Jesus, no matter how you feel about the gospel, there will come a day when you will put your knee in the dirt and you will confess with your mouth that Jesus Christ is Lord. The problem is many will wait too late to reap the benefits of serving the Lord of Lords and the King of Kings and will instead endure torments in a place called hell. They'll be judged and then cast into the lake of fire because they would not bow willingly here and they waited too long. The uh, interrogation that he that these wise men excited. He wanted to know where is Christ? Where is the king of the Jews? But then there's the interrogation that they experienced in verse 7. Then Herod, when he had privily called the wise men, inquired of them diligently what time the star appeared. 
Herod summoned them privily, the scripture says. He kept this interrogation hush, hush. His evil intentions were to destroy this baby king, so he wanted to be the only one with the information he was trying to gather so that none could thwart his plan. There was, however, one from whom his plan was not hidden, and we'll see that later in these verses, and uh, it is the Lord himself. But let us not forget the real story behind these events. God is working out in time what he planned in eternity. He is bringing redemption to his people through his son. And Satan is once again using men to try and stop it. He's trying to prevent the redemption of God's people and the salvation of sinners. The scripture said here in verse 7, he inquired of them diligently what time the star appeared. The word used there, uh, acrobu, translated inquired diligently. In verse 16, it's inquired, it's, it's translated diligently inquired. Um, it means literally to be exact. Herod wanted every detail in order to locate this child. He wanted to find him. He wanted to eliminate the threat to his own kingship. Uh, then in verse number eight, we find some instruction given to the wise men. And he sent them to Bethlehem and said, go and search diligently for the young child. And when you have found him, bring me word again that I may come and worship him also. Uh, we'll see next time some things concerning the instruction that Herod gave these men. But all these interrogations, this was uh, a madman's attempt to get what he wanted, and he's demanding and he's ordering and he's being tyrannical toward all those around him to get what it is he's after. And at the end of the day, it's Satan uh, trying to prevent our salvation. I'm glad there's a God in heaven uh, who Satan could not thwart. Till next time, this has been Preacher Brandon. God bless you. Thank you for listening to Standing in the Gap. It is my desire that today's episode has been a blessing to you. If you'd like to contact me, my email is bcharrell83 at protonmail.com. That's b-c-h-a-r-r-e-l-l 83 at protonmail.com. You can also reach me by phone at 828-777-4923. Tune in next time for Standing in the Gap.